Hello, this is Linda Drake, and you are dialed into the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Member Spotlight Podcast. We welcome you to the podcast where we highlight the thought leaders and entrepreneurs who are growing Arizona's promise as a world-class technology business hub. Each of our episodes features an innovative entrepreneur, transformative leaders, and technology titans. These are people who are reshaping the state's evolving tech ecosystem as we speak. All of us at the Arizona Technology Council and at Michael Beach Coaching and Consulting are excited to be able to bring you this podcast every month. We love bringing you closer to the current information about what's happening in the technology sector right here in the great state of Arizona. I am Linda Drake. I'm a certified executive coaching consultant with Michael Beach Coaching and Consulting. We are delighted to present this month's episode for the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Podcast. Our guest company today is Slalom. That's slalom.com. Slalom is a purpose-led global business and technology consulting company. From strategy to implementation, their approach is fiercely human. In eight countries and 45 markets, Slalom deeply understands their customers and delivers practical end-to-end solutions that drive meaningful impact. Backed by close partnerships with over 400 leading technology providers, Slalom has a team of 13,000 strong, helping people and organizations to dream bigger, move faster, and build better tomorrows for all. Slalom is honored to be consistently recognized as a great place to work, including being one of Fortune 100's best companies to work for, for eight years running. Now that is significant. Our guest today is Travis Rogers. He's the Senior Director of Technology Enablement, Cloud and Data Analytics here in our very own Phoenix, Arizona. Travis, please tell our listeners a little about yourself. Well, thank you. I'm pleased to be here today. I've worked in Phoenix for 25 plus years in technology. I've also spent uh, roughly about 12 years in consulting. I've worked with a a number of companies in the Valley across numerous technologies, different projects, different environments. It's been a really great experience. And I'm glad here to kind of provide more information about Solemn. It's a very great consulting company. You've listed all the items, 13,000 employees across 45 markets in eight different countries. And really what brought me to Psalm is the, the breadth of technology. At a 400 technology par- platforms there, it is a lot to take in and to understand and keep moving with. Unbelievable accomplishments worldwide. 
And your focus here is in Arizona. So yep. we're delighted to have you as our guest today. Just tell us, what are the practices of data and analytics, technology enablement, and iCloud? What are these practices? So data and analytics covers everything from data strategy, data quality, data lake houses, data lakes, and traditional data warehouses. And then we also have a focus on AI ML, which is very relevant and topical right now. And then we deal with the normal things like ETL, transfer of data, and analytics. And then the technology enablement portion of that deals a lot with software development, custom application development using cloud native technologies or traditional technologies like C-sharp, Java, Node, Python. It also incorporates some of the best practices that go with that, which would be DevSecOps, microservices, API management. And then we do a lot with mobile application development as well, and to round it out with quality assurance and quality engineering. And then the cloud side of it is everything related to a cloud environment that includes the infrastructure, uh, cloud migrations, networking, cloud security, architecture, and really a focus around uh, cost optimization and a cloud strategy and setting up center of excellences at companies to get the best out of the cloud. It is amazing what is happening with data data warehousing, the changes that are occurring so rapidly. And I can see with the diversity of services of your company, why people would want to partner with you and have you support their needs in data strategy. So why is it important to become a data-driven organization, Travis? Really, the, the data-driven approach or focus or really a culture in a company is switching from making decisions more so by your gut or based on how you're feeling about it, but including in those decisions uh, objective data, empirical data that you could use to make decisions. And you can make those decisions by reviewing data visualizations, getting reporting. A lot of companies are still using Excel and making those decisions based on that. But the other piece of that, it is really changing the way technology is. And we're, we're seeing this move uh, is really focused around making decisions with AI ML in real time and using those decisions to drive company outcomes. And so that is a, a big change um, that a lot of companies are already embracing. And it's one of those things as an organization, you definitely have to adjust for and have in consideration that you're collecting the data and becoming more of a data-driven company. So how do you begin working with a company to create their data strategy? Yeah, that's a great question. And so with Solom, we have come up with a, what's called a modern culture of data framework that really has set up a strategy around providing a company a starting plan to setting up a data strategy that is based on five pillars. And the first one being a bold vision, which establishes a vision that a strategy can be attached to. And then we kind of work around and, and look at the access and transparency of a company's environment. And that is also associated with the platforms or technologies to stand up an environment that supports your decision-making. And that is really focused on you know, the, the cloud platforms that are out there, even if you have traditional environments where you're standing up data warehouses locally, you'd still have that information, but 
how do I get the data? How do I access it? And then the transparency part of that is really focused on how do I know what data is available? And then we move on to a data literacy, and that's where we inform our organization team members how to use the data, but also using a, developing a mindset or a culture, really, of using data to drive action and developing those skills. And then one of the other pillars is guardianship, which is focused around data quality, and then it's data security and compliance. And it's really all the tools and practices to set up to enable that. And then this whole framework or process is focused around ways of working, changing a company's organization to use data and the decision-making processes um, where it changes your everyday from looking at how do I use data in my everyday tasks to improve my decision-making and start using that data as an asset uh, or a product and change the way the organization operates. It's a large undertaking. We understand that, but there is definitely ways that we suggest to take it on, which is starting with a data domain and then focusing on the pillars that I had mentioned and walking through that and establishing it for your organization. It's really important that not one uh, strategy is going to meet everyone's demands. So it's a real uh, custom approach per organization on how far you want to go with your maturity and your data strategy. We see that a lot with clients and that's where we have a great opportunity to work with them and consult on how to do that. I love the five pillar ideas because it provides consistency from the start yep. to the end. But what is one thing that's holding people back from using their own data? <laughs> yes, this is the the biggest thing that I wanted to bring up today uh, and really getting the full potential out of your data is understanding what data you have, the quality of that data, and if I can use that data to make those decisions. One of the, the challenges mainly with data is I've got all this data, I don't know how to use it. And also when I try to use it, it's got bad quality. So my users don't trust this data. And so you're really trying to establish um, a way to get to the point where your, your users or consumers of data are trusting what you're providing. And the biggest challenge is getting that data identified and then putting around data governance around that and getting the data quality to the point and then releasing that to users. Once you get to that point, you're really making data decisions based on trusted data. You know, Travis, you are in a very highly technical environment, you're local, you're Phoenix, you're Arizona, you're global. Can you just give us some examples of organizations that have become data focused and what changed for them? I think one of the, the biggest uh, interesting clients that I've worked with was a company that was doing vacation rental home rentals. And they had developed a website this website was, you know, a normal website that you would go to Expedia or somewhere else and look up home rentals. And when I spoke to them, you know, I, I see the business that you're in and it's easier to say you're a VBRO. And then they tell me, no, we're, we're a data uh, scientist company. And I'm like, wait a second, this is not what your website's doing. And they said, well, a lot of people can build websites, but not all of them have the data science that we have behind driving those websites. And they had really gotten to a point where they 
we're using AIML to change the behavior of the website as uh, users were using it. And there's many techniques for that, to do that. But one example I'd give you is that for each of the vacation rental home properties they listed, they had a profile pic. They would figure out how many users click through on certain images using something called A-B testing. And based on those click-throughs, they would change the image to the one that got the most click-throughs without any human getting involved in that. It was a really interesting uh, example of how you can use AIML to make decision-making without having humans in it in real time and focus on making sure that you get the click-throughs that you need for that business to, to drive business really. Yep. Just incredible. And, you know, it even caused you to think a little more deeply about probably more practical applications that they and yep. other companies could have. So that that's just great. So what should companies consider when picking a technology partner? Travis? Well, uh, one of the big things is with our partnerships at Slalom, they are super important for showing our expertise. And it's also our commitment with those partners. And really, when you bring on uh, a company that has so many partners as Slalom does, you're bringing on the collective knowledge of Slalom plus the partnership. And then we have the ability to raise any concerns or issues to the partners directly and having a, a very quick response rate to those. So we we generally have also knowledge on what's coming out prior to it coming out. And so we get skilled up and have the expertise to be aware of what's coming out from our technology partners. We internally work a lot with those partners to educate our folks on just the platform. Many of our consultants and one of the things with technology partnerships is you have to have certifications. And our technology partners require that. And we definitely have tens of thousands of certifications at Solemn that are associated with those partners. And so that is a, a very important piece when making that determination. And then beyond the technical partners, it's really the experience, capabilities, uh, and approaches. And one of the things I would say with Solemn that's pretty unique is that we bring the business advisory services as well to the partnership. So oftentimes you come up with this technology solution and you implement that, but you don't understand what the change management piece of that or the product delivery or program management. And that's where Solemn can help with that as well. And so we have both sides of the house and that's what makes us really unique in that capability. Well, we really appreciate your willingness to take time to share information with us today about Slalom. And I just would like to reiterate for our listeners that that is S-L-A-L-O-M.com, slalom.com. So just from a personal perspective, Travis, what do you like about your role at Slalom and what challenges you? It's certainly a vast role in technology, and that, that certainly is a challenge to keep up on all of the different areas that are changing, the innovations that are going on, and all the developments. And that's what I love. I love technology and I love being in it. And I would never change that to go to a role where I wasn't, you know, coding on the weekend or looking at the next greatest thing and figuring how to make um, my life easier and my companies that I work for easier. And that's what I drives me really is the technology that um, I see every day is just amazing. 
One of the things I would like to add is that you have been in the Phoenix office for 10 years. So you have had the opportunity for some exposure to the Phoenix market, Arizona market, over that period of time. We're delighted that you're there. Is there anything else you would like to add for our listeners for this podcast? Yeah, I would say that uh, I was thinking about that coming in today. Um, I would say Phoenix market is getting to a very great spot on the tech savviness. Like I said, I work with a lot of clients in the Valley. It's been over a number of years and you just see this progression. What I'm waiting for next is you will see the next huge startup come from Phoenix and we'll start looking like Austin or Silicon Valley or Seattle. You know, GoDaddy is definitely a big name that everyone knows nationally. And I am just waiting for the next company to come out. I think the generative AI, seeing with ChatGBT, there's definitely companies in the value that are working with it. And that might be one of the spots that we see uh, just a huge company come out of here, a startup that is just so progressive. And we start to get that, that credibility as the Phoenix market. Absolutely. Well, we are very delighted to have you here today as our guest, Travis. I think your insights have been extremely valuable in how you put together the five pillars for data development for corporations, how you serve their needs, and the importance, because this is an industry that is moving further and further with the development of AI. So. Thank you very much for being our guest today. Again, our guest, Travis Rogers from Slalom. I would suggest that everyone check out their website. What I loved about it is it is very reflective of the diversity of a significant global company. But yet, Slalom is as local soul in a global scale. It was great to talk with you, Travis. Thank you very much for the quality of your time. Thank you for having me. I really appreciate it. The great conversation. Thank you, sir. Have a great day. Thank you. I want to thank our special guests for taking the time for this interview today. We are excited that our next show will feature another fantastic Arizona Technology Council executive whose business is going on right here within the great state of Arizona. Thank you to our listeners for joining us today. And please, if you have any great suggestions for a future episode guest, or perhaps if you want to become a featured guest yourself, please contact the Arizona Technology Council's website and look for the Arizona Technology Council Tech Focus Member Spotlight Podcast. We look forward to spending time on our next episode with you together. And until then, remember, invest in innovation, invest in your team, and continue to invest in the technology sector right here in the great state of Arizona. See all of you next time.